Amen. If God so loved us, we are to love one another, right? Amen. Well, we want to get right into our lesson tonight. Again, it's good to have everybody at Bible study tonight. Amen. Again, thank you for praying for me last week. I want to thank Sister Parker for covering. She did such an excellent job. I should have just had her to teach tonight as well. Amen. So she is a great teacher. There's no doubt about that. Amen. Praise God. Amen. We've been talking about a better resurrection. Amen. A better resurrection. Hebrews 11:35. Will women receiving their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Now think about that for a moment. Think about that just for a moment. Amen. A better resurrection. A better resurrection. Amen. A better resurrection. Why Why would God want us to have a better resurrection? Why would he want us to have something new? Yeah, th- think about, you know, where you were and how God has changed you around. Think about the gospel. Amen. The, the, the impact that the gospel has made in your life. When we are obedient to the gospel, how it really applies. And, and this is the thing is, you know, we hear John 3.16, you sometimes you see people with placards, you know, John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And it becomes just a cliche, but really people don't realize the impact, what that really means. You know, God loved us that he was willing to die for us to live. The Bible says, greater love, excuse me, have no man than this, than a man would lay down his life for a friend. And Jesus says, I have called you friend. Amen. He was willing to lay down his life for you and I. Amen. You see, when we're baptized in Jesus' name, and we're filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God give the utterance, which is called the new birth experience, it is a birth not from the earth. It's a birth from heaven. See? It, it, it comes from heaven. It, it, that's why the Lord told Moses, he admonished Moses, see that you make all things according to the pattern showed you in the mount. See, the things that we do in the Christian realm in the earth are already patterns established by God in the heavens. See, when you study the ark, when you study the tabernacle in the wilderness, you study the new plan of salvation, these patterns is already established in heaven because they're all types and shadows of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so what we're going to experience when we get to heaven is we need to experience it here to get ready to get there. Amen. So think about it for a minute. A better resurrection. See, this new resurrection, it brought us a better life. Amen. It brought us a better way of living. It brought us, it made us a better person. You don't know me from before. Most of you don't. But, you know, and I don't know you from before. But I'm guaranteeing you can look at yourself and say you are a better person now than you were before. Once you have been born again of the water and the spirit, you become a better husband, you become a better wife, you become a better child when you are born again. See, because this is the impact. See, the gospel is designed to make us like Christ. 
See, that's why we are called Christians, believers, and followers of Jesus Christ. You see, when we say that we are Christians or Christ-like, amen, then we must be controlled by love. And God knew that we could not be controlled by love unless we was resurrected again. See, the old man was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Love is not going to be there, the kind of love that God wants. And so that's why we had to be born again and risen, as Sister Parker talked last week, to walk in newness of life. Amen. The old man must be dead. So we've got to have charity more than anything else. Jesus says, by this shall all men know you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Amen. So love is the driving force behind the church. Love is the driving force behind the New Testament church and the believers because God is love, First John 4, 8. And John says, beloved, if God loved us, then we not to love one another because God is love. And if we don't love, that means we don't know God. And if we don't know God, that means we are not God's. That's why Paul says in Romans 8 and 9, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. So if you don't have a heart of love, that means you don't know him. But Paul says, oh, that I may know him <laughs> and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformable to his death, that by any means I may obtain to that which I am also apprehended of. Amen. So we've got to have charity. Amen. To have Christ is to have hope and healing in your wings. Amen. You are now the anointed ones when you are born again. And Jesus says in Luke 4.18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearts, the priests delivered to the captive, the recovery of sight to the blind, and set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. See, you have healing abilities in you. Say, you can heal yourself if you're down. Say, you pick yourself up. Amen. You can help heal others. Some will be imparted with the gifts of healings. To be able to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Say, you, you will be imparted with these gifts of the Spirit. So you have that in you. Amen. You have restoration power. When you are resurrected, you begin to restore others. That's the meaning of witnessing is to restore others back to that original state the same way that you were restored. See, is what God is trying to do through the gospel is to restore us back to the original states of innocency because God is a God of righteousness. And this is what he desires in us. Amen. We, we can heal the broken hearts. We can bind up the wounds. Amen. And we walk in integrity and we live truth the way that God wants us to live truth. This better resurrection, amen, as we've already seen, it causes us to do what? Sit now in heavenly places. You're free. Amen. You don't have to worry about the enemy coming after you. You can just be free. Put on the whole arm of God that you're able to stand against the wiles of the devil and having 
then all you can do to stand, just stand. You believe there's one God? The devil believes and he trembles, right? See? So, who has the most power? You or the devil? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. So, you shouldn't even be focusing on the devil. It's amazing me the number of people focus on the devil. I don't focus on him. I know he has no power over me. See? So I'm not going to give him the time today. I, you know, I, we used to sing a song in Okinawa. You remember that song, Brother DeMuth, uh, what is, I ain't got the time to be lonely. I ain't got the time to be all blue. I ain't got the time to feel all broken hearted. I ain't got the time. Oh, waste all my time messing around with you. You know, the devil, I ain't got time to mess with him. You remember, you remember Brother Garcia, you sing that all the time? Amen. <laughs> Juan used to sing that all the time. Amen. But, but that's the key. Don't waste your time on that cat. Focus on Jesus. You know, that's what you want to do. You want to focus on him. Amen. So this new resurrection causes us to sit with him in heavenly places. We have a better hope. We have an anchor of hope. Jesus Christ is both sure and steadfast and unmovable. Amen. We build on the rock. Our lives are built on the foundation. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. We anchor to him. Amen. We are in him. We live in him. We sit in peace. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4 says he will keep you in what? Perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him because you trust in him. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord Jehovah is an everlasting strength. Amen. God is with you. He wants you to be at peace. Amen. Think about the things that came with your salvation. If you depressed, it didn't come with your salvation. If you were disheartened, it didn't come with your salvation. If you got low self-esteem, it didn't come with your salvation. If you always wearied and cared about with anxiety and all of that, it did not come with your salvation. None of that stuff is comes from God. See, so when you start feeling that way, the scripture says, "Lift up holy hands." Amen. You got to get in the habit of worshiping God. Learn how to do things while you're in your right mind. Don't wait till circumstances and problems come to start worshiping God. A lot of people do that. See, this new resurrection shows you that God poured you out of darkness and brought you to the marvelous light. So now you're supposed to know who he is. You're supposed to have a love for him. And he's to be the first and most priority thing in your life. You should wake up in the morning and say, thank God for the blood that washes whiter than snow. When you go to the bed at night, you should thank God for letting me see another day. Rest in peace for tonight. When I get up the next day, should the Lord tarry, it should be the same process. He's number one. Amen. Remember, you were dead. Amen. And your trespasses and sin. That's why I like Ephesians 2 so much. Amen. It tells us we were dead, but God quickened us. Amen. When we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Think about it. And Ephesians 4, uh, 3, 
Lost my thought. <laughs> Anyhow, but in Ephesians 2, verse 4 and 5, it says, but God. Think about it. But God. We were dead. Kind of like Lazarus. You know, Lazarus is dead. He's wrapped up. He's in the tomb. He was dead. But God came down to Bethany and says, Lazarus, come forth. Think about it. I don't know where you were, but one day God showed up and says, Richard, come forth. <laughs> and you came out of the world. Amen. And he says, loose him and let him go. You were baptized in Jesus' name. You were filled with the Holy Ghost. Freedom came. Amen. Now you sit with him in heavenly places. Amen. It's what God desires of us. But God who's rich in mercy. His mercy is new every morning. His mercy never runs out. Amen. We can have his mercy over and over and over, the Bible said it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They're new every morning. The psalmist says in Psalm 62, 11 and 12, God has spoken once and twice have I heard this, that power belongeth to God and also mercy belongeth to Him. Amen. He's full of mercy. Isaiah, to, uh, Isaiah 55, 7 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thought. And let him return unto the Lord. And he will abundantly pardon and show mercy unto him. He's a God of mercy. Amen. Think about it. This new life. What it brought. Beloved, I am persuaded of better things of you. Things that accompany salvation that we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to get your work and labor of love. And that you have shown unto his name and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Think about it. You got a new life. I just started living. I was dead. I just started living. I found me what? A brand new life. It changed my directions. Amen. Every day I would have me a beer or some shots or gin or whatever. People look at me like, what? You? Yeah, me. But God, <laughs> who's rich in his mercy and love towards me. I wasn't worthy of this. But he reached down. He saw my needs. He saw what I needed to have. Amen. And he pulled me out of that mess, amen, and established my goings and put my feet because of his love and his mercy. Amen. That's why I found me a brand new life. It changed my directions and took away all of my strength. I'm a newborn believer with the holy and feeling. Days are brighter. Load is lighter. I just started living. Amen. Praise God. A new life. Resurrected. Amen. To live a new life. Amen. To be what he desires of me to be. And because I have this new life and resurrected, I can sit in heavenly places. I can walk in newness of life. Amen. And I will now reflect him in the earth. Think about it. Look at Matthew 5. Start with verse 13, Matthew 5, in your, in your Bibles. Start with verse 13, 
Jesus says, ye are the salt of the earth. Now, he reaches back out of the law because every offering and every oblation that was given of a meat offering, it was to be seasoned with salt. See? And so Jesus used something that is very symbolic here to bring you and I into an understanding of really who we are. See, salt is a symbol of hospitality. See? We must be given to hospitality. See? That's why Paul, writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy 3, chapter 1, he says, if the man desires an offense of a bishop, amen, he must be blameless, the husband of one wife, apt to teach, given to hospitality. See, we've got to be hospitable. Notice the word hospital. <laughs> Comes is the root word for hospitality. And what takes place in the hospital? We could ask Sister Charity and she would tell us what happens inside of the hospital. Amen. If you, if you work in the hospital, you usually know there's doctors and there's nurses and there's helpers and people to help what? To get you better. Hospitality is designed for that purpose. is to restore, to bring about newness and change in, in life, to build up. To edify the body. So see, we are the salt. We are to have hospitality in our lives. See, is what we need to do. Salt is a representation of friendship. Jesus says, they will have friends, must show himself friendly, and there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You know, they say that in the world, people say you can count your friends usually on one hand. See, but you should know your true friends. If you want friends, you've got to show yourself friendly. See, people are looking for someone they can call friend. And Jesus says, I've called you friend. See, if we're going to follow his example as the salt of the earth, then we've got to start making some friendships. You know, and one of the things you find about friendships, it don't mean we agree on everything. You know, I, if you're my friend, I should be able to tell you when you're wrong. See? And you should be able to tell me when I'm wrong. See? That's part of friendship. See? I think when you get married, ain't your wife and husband supposed to be your best friends? So you should both be able to tell them when they're wrong and when they're right. You know? Come on. Hello? You ain't the same old person anymore. You knew this new, this resurrection brought, brought a new life. See? So you need to understand how this thing is working. We are to reflect Him. Friendship. Amen. Salt is durable. It lasts. Nothing changes salt. You hear me say this all the time. You know what? If I took some salt right now, I should have brought me some, and put in this bottle, where is it going? 
It's going to go to the bottom and sit there until I stir it up, isn't it? Now, what did Paul tell Timothy? Stir up the gift that is in you. See? Some of you got the Holy Ghost just laying there dormant. Ain't doing nothing with it. Stir it up. Start stirring it up. Amen. Stop walking around defeated lives. The Holy Ghost is power. Amen. I've given you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall harm you. It's durable. Amen. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. It's durable. It will last forever. It's like better than a Duracell battery. It keeps on going on and on and on and on and on and on. So stir it up. Keep it stirred up. Through the Word, through worship, through praise, through magnifying the Lord, through meditating on the things of God is what you want to do. Salt is durable. It changes everything else. Salt changes its environment. See? That's what you're supposed to do. You're not to conform to the world. You're to be transformed, and you're to transform the things around you. Amen. Salt is fidelity. Amen. Think about it. Amen. It it makes us strict observance to our promises and our duties. Think about it. What's your duty? Jesus says, when you've done all these things that are required of you, say, we're unprofitable servants. We just did that, which is our duty. Think about it. I got a duty to love you. You got a duty to love me. You got a duty to worship God. I got a duty to worship God. Amen. I got a duty to reach the lost. You've got a duty to reach the lost. Amen. We've got a duty to build the kingdom of God. Amen. So we need to realize that we are to reflect Him. So Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if you're not having hospitality, if you're not durable, that you can handle some of the things that's coming against you, amen, if you don't have fidelity, amen, and if you don't have friendship, what are you good for? That is what he said. You're good for nothing. Just be kicked out and let people walk all over you. Let men just trot all over you. It's amazing to me the number of Christians just let people walk all over them. I hear it all the time. Oh, I don't want to go to, I go to my job. They just beat me up. They just talk about me. They just, so you're going to just let them walk all over you. Just let them walk all over you. Just let them talk all about you and all that. Instead of just getting in their face. Say, let me tell you who Jesus is. <laughs> He's the wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. Amen. Philip Craig and Dean said, when you're getting down on the dark side of town, one of these days, this choice I made is going to be lifting me out of here. Amen. I choose to be a Christian. I choose to be like him. There's nobody holding a gun to my head. This is how I choose to live. The choice is mine. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. you got to take a stand. When you've done all you can do to stand, stand therefore. 
Amen. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. I've got the power. You know, you know, one of the things I find about a lot of Christians is they don't know how to witness on the job. And that's why they feel beat up. See, they don't. You know, this new life gave you new instructions and wisdom that come with it. You know, you can talk about the Lord all day long. You know, just sharing the love of God. Think of all the ways you can share the love of God. Talk about the peace of God. Talk about the the grace of God. Talk about the mercies of God. You know, I can do that and never miss, mention the name God at all. Have a smile on my face and just be around people and people list. Hey, wow, you know, how you doing, man? Tell me something good. You know, you just get into a good conversation and smiling and talking and stuff. How's your day going? You know. Is there anything I can pray about? You know, you doing okay? You doing all right? Yeah. What am I doing? I'm just putting salt on the wound. <laughs> you know, that's all you got to do. You don't have to be offensive to share the gospel. Amen. You have the power when you walk through. They know there's something different about you. They feel it. So don't put your light on the bushel basket. You was raised. You got a new resurrection. Don't try to get out of it. Some people try to get out of stuff. You know, I want to work here. I got to get somewhere else. Why not? If that's where God has you, let him use you. You don't know who's there that needs to hear you. You know, I I think I just shared with you. I had a guy, man, he hated my guts. Man, when I first got to Okinawa. I mean, he, he would, he would, if he could have killed me, he would have killed me. You know? But one day, he realized that what I had was what he needed. And when we got into a conversation and talking about the goodness of God, and he began to ask me about God's questions and gave me an opportunity to come to his house and teach him a Bible study, and so that he could see the truth of God's word. And I baptized him in Jesus' name. And he was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He became my best friend. He and I at 4 o'clock in the morning was prayer partners at the church together. Amen. I'm here to tell you. And when he passed away, I mean, his funeral, I mean, you would have thought a host of angels just shadowed the place. Amen. You, you've got to, you never know. Amen. We're the salt of the earth here. We don't hide this thing. We don't put it under a bushel basket. Amen. We reflect him by not conforming to the world. If you stop and think about it, people are trying to be Christians and be worldly at the same time. It ain't going to work. James says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. See? If I'm going to reflect this new life, I have to be modest. I've got to change the way I think, the way I dress, the way I act, the way I conduct myself, my behavior. I'm reflecting him now. See, I'm not saying you got to walk around with a tie choking you to death all the time. I'm not saying you got to walk around tripping over your skirt all the time. I'm just saying you have got to be modest. Say, 
in your life, you have to look at yourself and ask yourself the question, do I reflect him? Say, you have to come to that conclusion. You want to reflect him in everything that you do. And usually the reflection, you know where it starts? Right here. With your mind and your attitude. How you think about you. Say, the way you feel about you is going to be determined how you want to reflect him. Say, so you have to realize that. I think men should look their very best. I think women should look their very best. I think our children should look their very best, be their very best. We should have, you know, good attitudes, our behavior. As a matter of fact, David says in Psalms 110, I will behave myself in a perfect manner. Say, I want to behave. I want to do what is right. Amen. Say, because why? The old man is dead. I'm a new creature. And who? Christ. I'm reflecting him. Jesus says, let your light shine so that men will what? See your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven. See, I can't conform to the world. You know, like I said before, yeah, I, I, I'm sure people has tattoos and I'm not beating up people that had tattoos before. But when I become a new Christian, I'm not going to get any more. See, I'm not going to follow that trend anymore of the world. See, so now my whole mindset has to change. See, because I want to reflect him. I want to be like him. Amen. It's what God desires. Amen. So we need not to conform to this world. Amen. We do not associate with evil. Think about it. A lot of people want to continue to associate with the old evil way. Solomon's mother told him in Proverbs 1, the first thing she says, is my son, if sinners entice thee, she says, consent not. If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. She said, don't do it. She said, because it's a trap. You know, there's a lot of people in jail right now, in prison, guilty by association. You know? Think about it. There's a lot of people doing time guilty by association. Didn't have anything to do with it, but the fact they was just there. You know, and I used to counsel them in prison. They used to say, Pastor, I knew. I, I knew I shouldn't have been there. My partner used to tell me to stop running with them guys and leave them alone. See? But no, they just wanted to keep hanging out with old friends, old buds. You know, you've got to realize you can't associate with evil and expect good to be seen. See, you've got to realize that. Notice 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 12. Paul says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall what? Not inherit the kingdom of God. Now realize this. This is written to the church. It's not written to sinners out there in the world. He's educating the church. People that is supposed to be born again. People that is supposed to be 
baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. He's writing to the church. He's trying to give a warning not to go back and do the same old things you used to do. So he says this, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. He says, Be not deceived, neither fornicators. Now, if I'm born again, what am I doing having sex without being married? No. Don't work that way. Say, not if you were born again. You resurrected to what? Walk in a new life. See? He says, nor idolaters. What are you doing worshiping Buddha? What are you doing worshiping Muhammad? What are you doing worshiping these other idols? What are you doing worshiping Fido? <laughs> yeah. I don't worship them. I just like them. <laughs> Amen. Adulterers. Idol worshippers. Come on. Get the boot sedan off your dresser. Most of you don't know what a boot sedan is. It's, it's a box in Asia that you have incense and you have some bees and you, you rub them together and, you know, it's all kind of chants. And you says, how do you know that? Because I used to be one. Yeah, I used to practice Buddhism. Yeah, so adulterers, nor idolatrist. Say, no, you you don't. If you merit, you got one wife and one husband. Come on, this stuff in rocket scientist stuff. This is this is basic learning one hundred and one here. Nor effeminates. Come on. Stop walking around. Guys looking like gals and gals looking like men. Hello. God created them in male and female. Amen. So come on. Come on. Wake up. Amen. No abuses themselves with mankind. Homosexuality. Lesbianism. All this stuff, no, it goes against the word of God. If I'm, if I'm born again, that ain't in my, that ain't in me. Okay? Just remember that. God loves them, but that's not what you do once you're born again. Amen. No abuses himself, nor thieves. Don't steal. Amen. Your integrity now, you by walking integrity, nor thieves, nor covetous. Stop being greedy for other people. Stop being wanting what somebody else's have. Be content with such things as you have. Be content. Amen. Nor drunkards. Get off the Jack Black. Get off the Jim Bean. Get off the slit smoke liquor. Amen. Get off the Mogan David. Get off the Ripper with the Ring of Dang flavor. You know, come on. You guys didn't drink Ripper? Oh my, you guys are younger than what I thought. <laughs> Amen. You don't get drunk anymore. Alcohol goes out the window. Nor revilers, nor all these crazy parties and things. Amen. Nor extortioners. Nor abusers of, no abuse, and shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were what? Me. Me. 
Such were some of you, verse 11. Amen. But what happened? I got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. I was filled with the Spirit. Notice, but you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Amen. Verse 12, all things are lawful. But all things are not expedient. All things are lawful, but I will not be brought under the power of any. No. See, um, this new resurrection got me out of all of that foolishness. So why am I going to go back to it? That's why Solomon says, as a dog returned to his vomit and the pig returned to his mud. See, you don't do that. That's what he's classifying us as if we go back to that same old lifestyle. That's what it's like. A hog going back in the mud after he's been washed for the fair. He goes to the fair. You ever go to the fair over in, in West Salem and, and the pig is there with the blue ribbon. He's all clean. But I guarantee you, as soon as they take him back, what's going to happen? He's going right back in the mud. See? <laughs> But think about it. He's going to go right back to the mud hole all over again. In the same way, if a dog is eating and he gets too full and he barks up, he's going to lick it right back up. Think about it. I know it's gross. And that's why they use that for So you see how gross it is and how unnatural it is for you to go back and do that again. You knew where you were. You see how he brought you out. We must now reflect him. Amen. Because this is what he desires. Amen. We don't associate with those things again. Amen. Praise God. We got to now love one another, Peter tells us here. Amen. And so this is what we want to do is we want to build up ourselves in love. You know, Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians 13. The whole chapter is about love. You know, he tells us, you know, though I speak with tongues of men and angels and don't have love, I'm just making a bunch of noise. See? So I, this, this resurrected life brings changes, brothers and sisters. We're risen to walk in a new life. That's why. Not the old way. Not the old ways of life. Not the old screaming and yelling and hollering and fighting and being critical and complaining and murmuring and bickering. We walk in joy unspeakable and full of glory. See, we want to reflect him. Amen. And by living this and obeying the truth of God's word. It gives us strength. It gives us power. It gives us hope. Amen. You who is dead in your trespasses and sin has he quickened together with him. Amen. Be doers of God's word. Start practicing. Just say, I'm going to start doing what God's word tells me to do and see how blessed you become. What did the Lord tell Joshua? He says, don't ever let the word of this book depart out of your mouth. He says, you'll be strong and you'll have great success. Was that just for Joshua? No. The things that was written before was written for our learning. See? That's why God gave us this book. He looked down through the ages. He says in 2018, Rufus Parker is going to need to know how to live in this new life. Amen. And that's what transpires here. 
Amen. So we want to reflect him because we're walking in a new life. You're going to be the only Jesus that people is going to see. Everywhere you go, let them see Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Don't let people walk over you. Don't let people, you know, mistreat you. Come on. You got power. Take a stand. Okay? Take a stand. Don't let people abuse you. Don't let them use you. You know, take a stand. Okay? Because you are risen to walk in newness of life. And if they're going to be saved, then you can't keep doing the wrong things with them. You're not going to save anybody doing wrong. I'm here to tell you. See, you got to be right. Somebody's got to see right in order to do right. (laughs) Figure out being right. So it's what you want. Amen. Number D. Amen. This resurrection life helps us to do what? Destroy the old man. Amen. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. We'll start with, with verse 22, and we'll read all the way down through uh, verse 32. Man, we might as well go right on into the fifth chapter, too, because this thing is so good. You know, the, the, in, in your study time, if you just want some encouragement and strength and stuff, the book of Ephesians is a good book to read. I'm here to tell you. I mean, you know, Paul, all, all the whole Bible is good. I, you know, I just tell you that right now, but you know, for good educational, uh, studies and encouragement and strength, you know, to, to know what you should be doing and how you should walk and how you should live, you know, that's what the epistles are that Paul has written to the church is to teach us how to live. That's what they are. There's no salvation in the epistles. Okay. So, so it, 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 the epistles is designed to teach you how to live as God's children. The only book that tells you how to be saved is the book of Acts. Okay, so you get into the book of Acts, you study, you see how they was born again. They was baptized in Jesus' name. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they continued daily in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking in bread and prayer. See? But notice, that happens, why? Because they was resurrected. They died and they rose again. Same way Jesus, the gospel, is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus died, Jesus was buried, and Jesus rose again the third day. When you repent of your sins, you die to the things of the world. When you're baptized, you're buried with him by baptism. And when you come up with the Holy Ghost, you resurrected to walk in newness of life. So that's how the gospel is applied to your life. It's not just confessing Jesus and shaking my hand. You're not saved that way. I can't save you. Okay, so if anybody tell you shake my hand and you're saved, uh, no, you're not. Okay? That, that, that's not salvation. That's just greeting me. How you doing? Okay? Alright, so, so remember that. Jesus said you must be born again of the water and of the spirit. Okay? I, confession, confessing Jesus is just one of the steps in the process to get to the being born again. I have to acknowledge him that I believe in him. If not, my baptism <laughs> ain't doing me no good anyhow. You know, so, so we got to realize that. Now notice here in Ephesians, Paul is writing to the church. Amen. 
He starts with verse 20. He says, but you have not so learned Christ. If so, that be that you have heard him and been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Remember what Jesus says in John 14, 6? I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So the truth is in Jesus. Say, so if I say I um, know Jesus, then I'm supposed to know truth. And I'm supposed to live the truth, and I am supposed to walk the truth, because the word is the truth. Say, make sense? All right, good. Now he tells us what we need to do. That you put off concerning, concerning the former conversation or the former behavior, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. In other words, now you want to start doing right, and you want to be separated from the world and separated unto God. You now want to dedicate yourself to serve God, the new man. Amen. We're risen to walk in newness of life. We're risen to give the rest of our days to Jesus Christ. Amen. Wherefore, put away lying. Okay? That's the old guy. Stop lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. Remember, we're neighbors one of another. For we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Don't let Satan comes in. Okay? Keep him out. Alright? All that stuff we talked about a while ago, keep him out. Okay? Let him that stole steal no more. But rather, let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that need it. Let no corrupt communications proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Notice here. Get this boy here under control. <laughs> it's called the tongue. That's why James says in James 3, it's a little member, but it sets on fire the courses of hell. See, now I will, I, I know the Bible says I'm going to speak in new tongues, right? Yeah, I know that means being filled with the Holy Ghost and everything else. But when I got the Holy Ghost, this thing do change. I don't curse anymore. That old saying, you just curse like a sailor. We don't do that no more. You know? No. Our words are what? What did he say? Edifying. My words are to build you up. My words are not to tear you down. See? And so I have to choose my words carefully. I have to think about what I'm going to say. I want to edify you. I want to build you up. Because if I build you up, I'm going to build my, myself up. The Bible says a man have joy by the answer of his mouth. 
See, I got to throw this. Death and life is right here. Yeah, I can kill you. You can kill me by this thing right here. So I've got to learn to control it. Let the Spirit lead me and guide me. Amen. So get control of it. Let no bitterness or wrath or anger or clamor or evil speaking. I think David says in Psalms 34, who wants to see long days and have good life? You know what the first thing he said to do? Keep your tongue from evil and your mouth from speaking lies. See, that's that's what you got. Psalms 34, I think it's like verse maybe 10, 11, somewhere in there. You can look it up in your study time, okay? Verse 32, but be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake have forgave you. Don't walk around with bitterness. Don't walk around with unforgiveness. Forgive and move on. It's what you got to do. Stop holding grudges. Amen. That's not of God. Jesus says 490 times. If they come, forgive them. Get over and let's go on. You're risen to walk in a new life. Chapter 5. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ have loved us and have given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smell and savor. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becoming saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which is not convenient, but rather giving up thanks. For you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things come the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be ye not, be ye not, be ye, be not ye therefore partakers with them. And notice, evil association, don't partake with them. For ye were sometime darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. In other words, walk as Jesus' children. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather do what? Reprove them. Show them they're wrong. You bring reproof. Amen. What's the word of God? It's profitable for doctrine. For reproof, correction. Correct them when they're wrong. Correct them speaking the truth in what? Love. Share it with them in love. Let them see it in you. When they ask you, that's what Peter says, be ready to give an answer for every man asks you of the hope that is within you. Don't be rude with the gospel. Share it in love so that people can see they're wrong by your life. See, it don't take a rocket scientist to, to figure out that I'm not right and you are doing wrong, right, I mean, doing wrong and you are doing right. If the light is shining, I'm going to see it. But if the light is dark, what did Jesus say? How great is that darkness? See, 
you got to realize this. See, we are risen to get rid of the old person. We are all, when we are born, we are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And that's why Jesus came to destroy, to get that out of us. The old way of life, because he wants us to walk in newness of life. That's why he came, as he said to Ezekiel, I have no pleasure in people perishing. I want you to live. We are his creation. That's why we're risen to walk in a new life with joy, with excitement, with hope. Amen. Because we're going to a better place now. I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and get you and take you to myself to where I am. There you may be also. Amen. So we destroy the old man, amen, by getting rid of the old man, and we live in the new man. We're baptized in Jesus' name. We've already discovered that. Amen. And we walk as Jesus walked, and we take a step away from us, the old man. Amen. Don't go back to the old way. Amen. Purpose in your heart. I'm not going back. Amen. And abstain from all appearance of evil. Amen. Stay stay away from it. As Paul told Timothy, he says, flee. Run. Don't be afraid to run. When it, when it's, when it's, it seems like things are not going right, run. Amen. Come on. You can do this thing. You can do this thing. You're risen to walk in a newness of life. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Our God is awesome. Amen. Real quick, just to remind you that next uh, Wednesday.